0: Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're welcoming back Reed Mascola from Paranoia Rising Games, the publisher of Vigilante and the new expansion, Hidden Motives. Reed is also the designer on one of my recent titles, Catnip Auction House. Reed, welcome back to the Binge. How do my friend? Doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's awesome having you back. For those who want to kind of get the full deep dive on who is Rima Scola, check out episode 83. I can't believe it's been a couple of years since we've had you on the podcast. It seems like it was just yesterday, but here we are at episode 255, episode 83. Check it out. It was a great chat. We got into the whole kind of genesis of... of of your vigilante game. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today as well. Um, but I really, today, I think I want to just dive into kind of game design. Now you and I kind of run into each other in the, the local circles of of game design through port spiels and so forth. You run a local, uh, uh, you host a, a game event at your house from time to time. I, I've, I've come to that on Canada today. You've come to the new market uh, board game meetup. So our paths cross quite a bit. And uh, so much so that, um, you had introduced me to uh, a game design you had at Protospiel. I think was it last? Is last year, wasn't it? Or was I it, think it last year, year? year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I loved it. And uh, I thought, you know what? This I, I want to work with this guy. I, I love his his passion around games. The way you approach games uh, for me, you, you, when you look across your portfolio, you have so many different types of designs. Uh, you don't really stick in one lane, which is really cool. And uh, it was awesome work with you on that on that game. So maybe we'll even talk a little bit about um, Catnip Auction House uh, in yeah. this chat as well, if that's cool. Absolutely,
1: yeah cool. It's, it's it's been it's been great to work with you on that. It's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: So for those who don't know Cat, uh, Catnip Auction House, this is something that we just launched uh, going into Origins uh, this this past summer. Uh, we literally started the process in the fall. And uh there was a bit of a reskinning going. I think it started as like a as a shoe game or something like It was foot fl- feet
1: game? Yeah feet game. very yeah. very niche uh, market. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was funny because I was talking to um our, our good friend um at analog game Studios, uh, Richard McRae, and he was looking at that game as well. We were both kind of eyeing up this game at the produce spiel. And, uh, and he was wanting to lean into, into the the kind of the shoe feet kind of auction. And I wanted to go to the cat path. So I'm, I'm glad you went with me because we've had a lot of great feedback on that game. People seem to really, uh, really enjoy it. And it, it's something that I have in my game bag every game night. And, and simply because it's something that can pull together people who are either gamers or non-gamers alike, right? It's something you can get it on the table fast. And because it plays up to 10 players, uh it, it's perfect, right? For one of those kind of party events.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I think that's what I that's what I enjoy about it most too is just that it's it's three to ten players. So you can have a small group, a big group, doesn't matter. And you pull it out, it's it's 20, 20, 30 minutes max, I would say. Um so yeah, so really, really um just kind of hits a lot of different boxes and I've had a lot of people play it too since it is kind of an auction game. Yeah I've had a lot of people play it that were didn't like auction games and they came out either liking it
0: or at the very least liking it more than the <laughs>
1: other auction games.
0: <laughs> That's true because most people that don't like auction games really don't like auction games, right? Mm-hmm. And those who love auction games really love them. And it's tough to find people that are kind of in between are willing to tolerate an auction game, but this is one I think it's the the auction mechanism. I think is light enough that mm. you know it, it doesn't go too heavy into auction. It's more of almost like a it's more of like a press your luck. I would say, yeah, like, that kind of I mechanic, agree. right? Like, do I keep bidding or do I grab all the all the catnip that's been kind of bid up until that point and then save that for you know a later you know a later item that i want to get mm-hmm. we leaned really heavy into the cat puns obviously on this so we have the preferred items with the word fur um we've got clockwise and counterclockwise belt claw on that medallion that we flip uh, with the auctioneer uh all the cat items are, are are just they're just fun right and uh wh- who's your favorite cat would you say in that game
1: I, I mean, uh, I'm a little biased because I'm the one suge- suggested it, but Mubaka absolutely, and you've got the Death Star shirt on it to 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 go with it. I guess. Oh
0: yes, there we are. Yeah, Mubaka. <laughs> yeah, people actually uh, when they see that they, they it always uh, gathers a chuckle. Chuckles is actually my favorite. Uh, I've yeah, been trying to right name here. family pets Chuckles now for the past ten years. I cannot convince anybody to let us name an animal Chuckles. So I decided, you know what, uh, if he's getting you I'm getting Chuckles in this game. So, um, so we got that in there with the artwork and, uh, yeah, it, it turned out really well. I'm really happy with it. Uh, if anybody wants to check that game out, uh, go to TinRobotGames.com. Uh, you'll see a video on there. Um, or if you go on YouTube and type in catnip auction house, there's lots of review videos that have popped up on that as well. And it's getting a lot of buzz. So, uh, very excited for that game. And, um, We're actually looking to see if we can move that even in China and do an addition in China. So we're working on that as well. So stay tuned on that. So let's talk a little bit about Vigilante. For those who don't know what Vigilante is, can you describe what what it is as a game and the type of game it is?
1: Yeah, I've I've always had a a hard time defining it, but it's it's basically... Thematically, it's a game where you're building up a team of heroes and you're you're going in and, and accomplish accomplishing your your mastermind objective, whether you're good, whether you're evil, whether you're a little bit out for yourself and you're neutral. Um but mechanically, I would say um social deduction is in there. But for those of you that hate social deduction, it's uh it's I would say a very um it's it's more game than social deduction. So I've had people that don't like social deduction still enjoy vigilante. Um, It, I would say, uh, so action management, um, uh, tableau building, because you're building up a team, you're recruiting heroes, you're giving them equipment to make them stronger. um, And you're, you're building kind of a a roster of abilities um, that kind of
0: build an engine. Yeah. Um, I, I mean the, you played it. How would you describe it? <laughs> well, hey, you're the one being interviewed, man. Not me. But yeah. It's uh I I had a chance to play it at Origins and, and we had talked about this game uh well since you launched, right? So I hadn't had a chance to play it up until then, and and you're gracious enough to uh you know teach me at uh at Origins. And I I really liked it actually. <laughs> it was it was I, I didn't go in with high expectations because I'm not one of those people that play um, a lot of social deduction games, although you did get me into uh, werewolf pretty uh, pretty heavily <laughs> at origins there. I think I was converted by the end of the uh, end of the show. Um, <laughs> but to me it felt more Tableau builder than uh, social deduction. Like it's got, to me like just pinches of social deduction in it. And I wouldn't describe it that way because I wouldn't want someone who doesn't like social deduction to say, well, that's not a game I want to try. To me, it was more tableau building. Uh, you get to play as either the good guys or the bad guys are neutral. That's kind of where the, um, I guess the social deduction part comes in is trying to figure out, are people good guys or bad guys? or Are they neutral? and What role are they playing? Um, what I found was surprising to me was there three of us that were playing. Two of us were the good guys. Well, I think the one was neutral, I believe the way mm-hmm. it ended up being. And, um, and I think we all won, right? We all achieved our yeah. objectives. And so I'm like, what? We all won? I, I was attacking this guy for no reason. Why, how did he win? <laughs> but uh, it, it was interesting because you don't know, am I helping this person or am, I, or am I helping myself? And this action could actually be hurting me if he's kind of on my team and, and how things are kind of, how these ali- uh, allegiances work. But the mechanic you had of how you do the, it's kind of like a deck builder too, though, right? Like it's not just a low builder; it's like a deck builder almost.
1: Yeah, like more. I guess maybe a, a like a hand hand management kind of situation. Yeah. Because your your cards are are your resources, and yeah. if you run out of cards, it takes you a little while to rebuild.
0: It does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thematically, it was super cool. Like I really, I really dug it. Um, you know, it, and I I don't currently own it. I'll probably back mm-hmm. this campaign when, when you launch, cause I believe you're going to do the original game in addition yeah. to the expansion, right. For people who haven't exactly. had the original game, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's something that, uh, it, I think we played for like, an, it was like an hour and a bit. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't play too long. It's very robust, right. When it's on the table it's like, Whoa, there, there's a lot of stuff here. Are we going to be sitting here for three hours? Like that was kind of my worry going in. And I was yeah. pleasantly surprised at how quickly we got through that game. And again, it was like an hour, maybe an hour and 15 uh, for us to, to play through. Um, yeah, it, it was it was fun. How long have you been working? Like hidden motives. Number one, mm-hmm. I want to understand what that's kind of changing and adding to the game. Um, but at what point did you come up with that? Was that during the initial design? And then it was kind of like most of us where we have a bunch of ideas that we have worked on. And then we kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to launch these things first. And then I'll add this other stuff on later. Or like, how did that all kind of come about?
1: So um, it started. Well, it definitely started with with Vigilante, the base game. Yeah. And then I moved on to um, something called Vigilante Story Mode, which is the cooperative um, campaign version of it. So it has the same base mechanics, no social deduction, um, and I made them compatible. Mm. So even though Story Mode's not out yet. I wanted to make sure that after you play your campaign, you can either replay some of the missions, or you can take those cards, throw them into base Vigilante, and you're good to go. But I I really enjoy player interaction, and I think um, if you if you just took the two games, so you Vigilante, Vigilante Story Mode, combine them, you've got a little bit too much nice stuff because (laughs) it's co-op, so you're not you're not really be um you're not really attacking um heroes. You're not really doing any of that. So hidden motives came out of the idea that we need more of that player interaction stuff, the investigative stuff, the things that kind of really just make that player inter- or bring that player interaction out in the game. Mm-hmm. So hidden motives, I would say, is a concentrated player interaction um, whereas story mode will it's a lot of cards that will help other players um hidden motives has a lot of other cards that find out information about players and uh potentially you can kill a hero and take their equipment <laughs> that's one of the new cards <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome <laughs> i thought it's kind of cool too how on your tableau you're able to that that was a cool element actually equipping your characters with um you know weapons and kind of defense mechanisms and so forth mm-hmm and I'm I'm sure on the screen here for people that are either watching the playback or live, I see quite a few people in the lobby as well. Um, Did did you add new artwork? Is this new artwork? This has got to be new because I don't recognize some of these pieces, which look super cool.
1: It's, it's brand new artwork. I've got um, two miniatures, so it's not going to be to scale, but (laughs) a smaller version of this.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember the first player marker. We're like, does this come in large? Because this is not uh, big enough. (laughs) It's quite large, yeah. It needs
1: needs one to compete with Cthulhu. He pulls a statue up and
0: throws it on the table. It's your first player (laughs) marker. (laughs) It takes two hands to pick it up.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, it's the same mold. So it's one of the heroes in in the base game. So this is a deluxe first player marker that will come in the expansion. And then I've got these little uh, infection tokens, which are going to be green.
0: Um,
1: And... Yeah, these are uh for one of my layers. I haven't talked about layers yet, but but one of the one of the new cards coming out has you place these infection markers or these infection tokens on heroes and they they will they'll slowly drain the life from those heroes oh, and the nice. more that are still in play meaning assuming those heroes didn't die, uh the more cards you get. So
0: you're trying to drain the life from them but not too much. <laughs> and then this um so a couple things. One is the the is same artist in the new artwork as well. So I have, um, all of the same artists from,
1: from vigilante base game. Um, I added a couple of other new artists to hidden motives. Okay. Um, that all kind of draw in the same style. So, um, you won't see really any dramatic differences in the, in the art styles. Uh, but yeah, I definitely added a couple of artists. So I've got, um, um, Uh, Jean Pascal Kegle from Quebec. I've got uh, Nicoletta Stavarace from uh, Romania, and I've got um, uh, uh, sorry, (laughs) Um, uh, Teresa Guido from uh, Italy. So I've got uh, three new artists I have on.
0: How do you go about finding these artists? So for other game designers that are out there that are looking Mm -hmm. to get like really good art like this is you could obviously do a graphic novel and I'm not sure if you've thought Mm -hmm. about that yet but there's enough story elements here that um probably a natural progression Mm
1: -hmm. where
0: where did you find these artists right like this isn't like Mickey Mouse art like this is pretty substantial art you have in this game
1: yeah uh that's a great question I think um a couple of them I found just from posting on um there's there's actually on board game geek there's a there's a a thread specifically for artists to looking for work or people looking for artists so I I got I think three of my original artists from there um my I would say my lead artist and graphic designer I I saw it out um I saw some of his his Star Wars work he did for for Fantasy Flight and I'm Mm. like I gotta work with this guy uh, so I reached out to him, he's been amazing to work with. And, um, then yeah, the new artists, I, um, really, uh, I mean, I'm just part of a couple of groups where artists will post their, their portfolios. And if sometimes artists will even reach out to me. Um, so I'll have a look through their portfolio, get a quote and assuming, um, uh, I'm happy with all of that, then I get them to do one or two pieces as kind of a trial and uh yeah then from there i just get them to do more if i if i if i like their work
0: so when they're reaching out to you is it because i've seen uh vigilante and they're like whoa hey yeah. i want to be part of this uh
1: yeah that's exactly why <laughs> yeah
0: that's crazy have you thought about doing like a comic book or anything on this or graphic novel or
1: i have thought about it i mean it, i definitely have um some some story kind of written down in places um I I think, yeah, I, I guess I, I just, I'm wondering how much, how much money it would cost to get all of that art into a graphic novel. Um, because I look at these graphic novels and it's just, it's incredible to me how, how they can, how they can do that and then sell it at that price. Yeah.
0: Um, sharing? maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's,
1: uh, yeah, it's, definitely uh I mean I think when you're selling in like Marvel or, or DC um volumes it's one yeah. thing but uh yeah I, I I think that's the the one thing right now that's kind of holding me back from that
0: cost yeah. how long did it take like when I look at at this game and this was another thing that kind of surprised me uh when I played it at Origins was just the sheer number of cards that mm-hmm. you had in that deck and. I didn't come across a ton of repetition. Like there's a lot. Like I don't even I don't even know if you know what the number is of unique cards and story elements you have in the game, but there was a lot that at least it seemed like there a lot from my from my impression. How did you find the time <laughs> to put all that? Because I know that I mean, you don't just work on this one game. You've got a lot of games in, in your yeah. in your satchel there, right? That you you've got coming. And you've got a full time job. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, it's, it's not a small job. It's, you know, you're pretty high up in, in, in your company. Mm-hmm. How, how do you find the time? Like, or, or, where do you get the time to do these? Like, I'm, I'm curious, right. Cause I know how long it takes me to do the things I work on yeah. and I, I have trouble getting my head around it. Unless this is something you've been working on for like five, six years. Like, how did you, how did you build this out?
1: Yeah. So, so base vigilante, I would say, uh, was five years. Yeah. Um, working on it. So that's, that's how I did it. Um, hidden motives. Um, I just kind of do a bit at a time. So I'll Mm. get inspired. I'll think of an idea and I'll, I'll, um, yeah, I'll just put description together for the artist and, um, of course, when I'm thinking of the idea, I'm thinking about okay, what do I want it to look like? What do I want the um the game text to be? How do I want to interact with other other components in the game? Um, so yes, yeah, so sometimes you just get get that kind of that's that um that inspiration and you just gotta do what you gotta do.
0: <laughs> and then the balance of it too, right? So once you create that new card, okay, now how's this gonna fit in with the game? Mm -hmm. is it going to change this other uh, cards we've created over here? These other mechanics is going to change in a good way or a bad way and all this kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. um, Yeah. It's uh, it's a robust game. That, that is for sure. Um, Hidden motives is, so it's launching on Kickstarter tomorrow. So this, this episode will actually play uh, we'll go live tomorrow. So it'll, for those who are watching the video replay, you see it now, I guess you can check out the campaign page and I'll put a link in the show notes to that where they can go and, uh, and follow. Um, But for the most people that are listening on the podcast, uh, the campaign would have would have already launched. So um, what could people expect when they go to your campaign page on this particular campaign?
1: So um, I as you as you mentioned earlier, I am doing a a reprint of Vigilante, um, the base game. So for anyone who hasn't gotten that, you can get the base game only if you want it. You can get the base game and hidden motives uh, or you can just get hidden motives. Um, I've also got, um, five, uh, five tiers where, where, well, one tier, five, five possible, <laughs> um, pledges, uh, where you can also design your own card. Um, oh, wow. so that's something that's brand new for my last campaign because I had a couple people reach out and, and ask if I can add that in my next campaign. Um, for, of course I gotta put the, uh, um, disclaimer of ultimate ultimately i'll kind of have a discussion with you make sure there's no ip infringement anything inappropriate uh but otherwise i think it should be pretty fun i've done a lot of um card design with with uh people that have won contests or have been part of different things and that's
0: that's been great um so how do you execute that is it they they send you an idea and that goes off to the artist and the artist will just kind of literally create their idea or or how, how will that kind of work?
1: Yeah. So, um, first thing I'll get from that, from that person is, is, um, if they have a photo, for instance, that they want to use as reference, just to get an idea, um, I'll, I'll get, uh, a written description of what you want this character to be doing, what you want them to look like, what you want them to be wearing, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, an idea of what, okay, what's the game, like how would this um, affect the game? What do you want this to be? Uh, What card type do you want it to be? What what do you want it to interact with? Does it interact with the event tokens or the allegiance tokens or the heroes, so on and so forth. So I just get as much information as I can. The description, because I already have like an established way that I write things for the artists. I usually take that and I paraphrase it. I add more details. Um, what I think might look cool or may, make it pop. And then, uh, we just kind of go from
0: there. Will that be included in all games or just that person's copy of the game?
1: Yeah. So it would be in all games. So five people pledge that then there's going to be five more cards for everybody.
0: How many, so uh, let me just pull on this thread a little bit. How is there a limit to the number of custom card pledges you're willing to do or?
1: Yeah, it's five. It's five. Because <laughs> <laughs> time is a factor. And I also want to make sure, like, the reason why I didn't do it in my last pledge was because I didn't want to delay the manufacturing process. Yeah. um, Because I, I have all the art done. So it's it's different than a lot of these campaigns that come out that have 10 pieces of art done and they show them everywhere. And then they, in the background, they have 100 more that haven't been done. <laughs> Yeah. This this is one where it's like it's done. It's ready to go. So anything like this would be delaying it. But thankfully, it adds to the quality of everyone's game. So
0: when will this deliver then? So when when do you expect that this game will will ship?
1: So um, right now I've got October twenty twenty four as the estimated date. Um, but I'm hoping to deliver earlier. Last time. Um, so last time I had it. Uh, about a year out from when the campaign funded and I for north well for everybody I hit that and and actually was a little bit earlier for Europe I especially hit that I actually got the game out in like less than six months Mm. uh, because um, because I air shipped it so actually all the delays came from the ocean shipments and thankfully I, I I buffered it out for that and didn't deliver it past the deadline.
0: Who are you using for distribution for uh, uh, Canada, U.S.? Like who will do your North American distribution for so, you? So uh,
1: I'm using uh, Bridge, as you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so you, you, you know that. I mean. um, so I yeah, so Bridge, I'm looking yeah. forward to working with them.
0: Yeah, one uh, thing I've seen recently, uh, and I'm not going to name the game, um, but it makes my eye twitch every time I see it on shelf because I still haven't got my Kickstarter copy, but it is everywhere at retail now. And oh, wow. the challenge we're seeing with Canada specifically, where you and I live, is uh, shipments coming from China for some reason take forever and get caught up at the border. And and it is faster to literally ship it to the States and then up from the States into Canada through a distributor versus trying to kind of split that that shipment, right? So I'm even considering now with campaigns going forward, uh, where typically in the past I had done the distribution myself for Canada.
1: hmm
0: because it's easy if you're here, of still having the U.S. Um, distributor just do all North America, uh, and that way you have people in Canada not getting frustrated, you know, seeing their games uh, mm-hmm. literally everywhere before you get get their copies. So, uh, and I know Bridge is is an awesome distributor uh, that uh, that you're using, so that that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you've got hidden motives, and then the story mode is that going to be another campaign, or or when does the story mode come? So uh yeah so story
1: mode will come out um that one I'm I'm taking my time with because I want to make sure um especially the later chapters are are fun and balanced um the yeah. first like the first 6 7 chapters now are like perfect like I wouldn't change a thing uh but with a campaign game the testing is in- incredibly difficult because you have to go through each chapter and figure out, okay, well, is this, uh, what would a person typically have at this point and how, um, will that interact with the stuff in this chapter? Yeah. So it gets harder as you go through. Um, but I'm very excited by it. People that have play tested it have, have, uh, given really, really positive feedback. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, it will launch on Kickstarter at some point.
0: <laughs> and will there be like how many chat like are you looking at doing like 12 chapters? Like- uh 10. So 10. it's an even 10, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, and is and that
0: I- something you'll be able to keep replaying, or is it kind of once you've gone through it, then you you're done?
1: Yeah. So it's got a new board. Um, so it's got some new uh mechanics that layer on to Vigilante, and there are some chapters you can play as a standalone. Um so there's um There's one point, and it's not super spoiler because it's on the board. There's one point where you're going to have a facility that's being broken down by villains and the villains are popping up in different locations. Oh, that's cool. And you have to like move around and defeat them with your heroes. And if they stick around, they start destroying the facility. And when they destroy certain rooms, bad things happen. So there's, yeah, so there's all sorts of, weird new mechanics like that that come into play
0: um yeah and then is your plan for paranoia rising because i know uh initially it was just social deduction type games or games that are kind of within this uh, vigilante genre but given the sheer number of games you're working on is there <laughs> any plans in the future to roll other games under paranoia rising or are you still going to do this kind of split model where you'll self-publish games that are kind of in the vigilante genre and then pitch uh, game design to other publishers uh, of some of your other designs?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think I'll always stick with that model of of doing some pitching and doing some self publishing. Yeah, because I I think my output for design is much higher than my capacity to fund and release games, I would say. Yeah. So if I want more of them out there, I do need to pitch um but i've I've had an interesting um an interesting design I came up with two weeks ago um that is it's kind of a a satire on mobile games or gotcha games as they're called okay and it's it's not social deduction um it's a big dice chucker and uh it's it works really well with the vigilante theme. It also works really well with any theme. Um, so I'm thinking about that as a possible release for Paranoia rising. Um, and then also having other game, other versions of that game. It's called got. So Mm -hmm. it's like, like, cause the games are called gotcha games. So of of having like branded versions of got. Um, and then having them be kind of um, interactive, so you can have your your vigilante gotcha you, mix in your your um, urban speed gotcha, which has a bunch of fast cars and cars you can upgrade and things like that. Mix them all together. Then maybe you've got some, uh, I don't know, some some like an anime gotcha or something. You've in some some creatures and
0: so it's more of a mechanic else. that you've created then. So
1: yeah, it's 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 at its base, it's a mechanic. It's yeah, it's kind of an RPG slash dice checker where you're you're collecting. It, it's kind of it, it feeds on that that whole kind of idea in mobile games where you have a limited amount of of energy to do to to play the game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you got to pay up, uh, <laughs> and you you you're trying to unlock all these things to increase your collection but you've got limited money and limited resources to do that so so i've got a danger die in there where every time you're 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 like taking more money to buy more characters <laughs> you got to roll it and bad things might happen <laughs> um but that's so is this something you're pitching or to...
0: you're you're talking about actually rolling this into vigilante and kind of having it as like an expansion
1: Uh, so no, it would be, it would be completely, completely standalone game. Um, but the, but the idea, I guess, is that you could have it compatible with other themes of it. So if you want to play like superheroes and cats and cars, (laughs) throw it all into one.
0: (laughs) A smorgasbogger, as I say. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Reed, for those who want to follow your campaign, I am going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, You can always go and just type in hidden motives. I did that search today on Kickstarter and it shows up when you type in hidden motives, or if you type in vigilante, it comes up that way as well. Um, How else can people follow your journey and kind of watch, uh, you know, the the whole vigilante uh, storyline? Is there a social way they can do that or how best do they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got an Instagram uh, page and Facebook page, um, also Twitter. Um, So yeah, definitely you can follow along there. Uh, we've got a lot more information on our website. So paranoia rising.com. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, there's a lot of information that's going to be on the campaign page when we launch. So
0: I can't uh, wait to any see other
1: questions, feel free to ask. <laughs>
0: All right, my friend. Well, I want to wish you all the best in this campaign. I'll be watching tomorrow, the kickoff, and I'll be cheering for you. I know there's an event downtown Toronto. I can't make it, unfortunately. Uh, But I want to wish you all uh, the best uh, with the event. And, uh, man, uh, all the best of the campaign. Thank you. Appreciate that. Take care, buddy. Cheers. All right. Take care. This has been an episode of the board game binge podcast hosted by James Staley produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner with original music by Nick Smith. If you'd like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel board game binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.